Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Super big thanks go out to Jose Cruz and the whole team here at Salem Media Group. He'll be They'll be engineering the show today, but Jose, he'll be ready to take your calls a little later on. Hey, have you joined the I Work For Him Nation? Personally, I would like to invite you to go out to iWorkForHim.com and click on the iWorkForHim Nation flag and join the nation. This is not something where you're going to get a newsletter that says, hey, send money here. This is a commitment between you and the Lord that says, hey, listen, I want to make a difference in my workplace. I want to make, I want to be used. The I Work For Him Nation is signed up by people who say, listen, I'm going to start praying for my coworkers and employees by name each and every day. I'm looking for ways to pray with people when I see that they're having a tough day. I'm looking for, I'm looking for ways to pray, excuse me, to serve people when I see that they just need an extra service. And maybe look for ways to befriend people outside of the workplace. All of these things set you apart in the workplace, but All along, in your position, be a person of excellence. To recognize that the excellence in what we do, no matter what it is you do, whether you're the president of the United States or whether you are the president of your own individual company and you're the only employee, it doesn't matter what you do. Maybe you dig ditches for a living. Maybe you sell used cars. Maybe you're an attorney. It doesn't matter. You can do work with excellence and give glory to your Heavenly Father. But make that commitment to start praying for those people that you work alongside each and every day. And here's why. Because when you pray, prayer changes things. And you know what it starts with? It starts with your heart. So do me this favor. Personally, go out to iWorkForHim.com and join the nation. Be part of change in the United States of America. Because as you know, each and every day, it gets more and more intense. And prayer is what's going to change this country. iWorkForHim.com. Click on the iWorkForHim Nation flag. Romans 12.2 reminds us of the paradigm shift that needs to happen in our minds. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Why? Because they are screwed up. Stop doing it. Everything the world does, almost nothing that the world does, brings glory and honor to the Lord because they're all self-centered. We're part of that. A lot of times we do some stuff like that as well. we got to stop copying the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform us, you and me, into being new people by changing the way we think. You know, every day on I Work For Him, I bring on guests that will challenge the way I think, challenge the way you think, challenge the way as a body of Christ we think about how we connect our faith and our work. And I scour the planet from one end of the country to the other and a lot of times overseas for guests that can help us just get a different perspective. Maybe they represent different organizations. And if I could find somebody in Florida, I always bring them on. And a few months ago, 
I was introduced to Case Thorpe, and he's and he's a pastor over in Orlando. He's on sabbatical, but he's also connected to an organization called Made to Flourish, which in a roundabout way is connected to the Center for Faith and Work out of New York City, but they call it the Center for Faith, Work, and Economics here in Orlando. Case Thorpe, welcome to I Work For Him. Hi there, Jim. Thank you. Did I, did I get that all? Did I get it mostly correct? You got it all good. Good. So I heard about Case Thorpe. I think I heard about you from Catherine Leary Alsdorf. Yes. And and you're working alongside of her in the Made to Flourish movement. That's right. Now, are you part of the fellows program that you guys are establishing here in Florida as well? Well, Catherine has been a great coach for us, as well as the others at Redeemer Prez, to teach us how to do a Gotham Fellowship. And we just finished our first one at our church in Orlando. That's fantastic. And what is the purpose of that program? It's a nine-month deep dive in theology and spiritual formation. And the purpose is to help you integrate, help you think through what does my vocation uh, look like and how does it help build God's glory. And um, that's just a huge disconnect that people need help doing. And a big component is cultural renewal. How does my job, my vocation, and seeing the kingdom of God break out also just help our world and our society? Cultural renewal. That's six syllables of uh, words that we're going to have to explain. Yep. You know, one of the things, it is it is true, and you being a pastor, you know, you, I'm just going to lump you in with the rest of them, okay? So pastors as a whole across this nation really struggle with this concept. And how was it that the Lord opened your eyes to recognize the fact that our jobs, it doesn't matter, you know, I'm a radio talk show host and I do business consulting outside of the radio, Sure. but my job in the field working with small business owners is just as important to the kingdom as your job as a pastor. It's a different yeah. piece. It's a different piece of the body, yeah. but it's just as important. But wh- who opened your eyes up to the fact that you need, needed to be equipping your congregation in that way? Well, so for the past 11 years, I've been the mission pastor at our church and it's out of a conviction that the church is just not hitting the mark. Then in a lot of ways, we aren't discipling as well as we need to be. And um, in the mission field, when you're in Africa, when you're in South America, things are so much more alive. And I think it's because Christians are living their faith much more on the edge and they're being innovative and they're recognizing sometimes bureaucracy and structures, they just don't work. Well, we're trying to bring those concepts home. And so I come home and I see a whole lot of businessmen and women in our pews who are not engaged. Well, they're frustrated. They're like, tell me how it makes sense. I mean, I can't just go to church just to write a check and be on a committee. And a lot of them have said to me, you know what? I hear from a pastor when they need money. Right. And that breaks my heart because what they're doing every single day is as if not sometimes more important than what I'm doing as a pastor. And they need to know that. And so my motivation here is to help our uh, business leaders as well as all kinds of workers know what they do Monday to Friday builds the kingdom as much as what I do. All right, we got to take a break. We're talking today with Reverend Dr. Case Thorpe, the Florida Regional Coordinator for the Made to Flourish movement, Made to Flourish Network. He's also a pastor at a Presbyterian church. What's the Presbyterian church called in Orlando? First Presbyterian Church of Orlando. Oh, very original title. First Presbyterian. It was the only one ever in Orlando. The first no Presbyterian church ever in Orlando. Case, as we're sitting in the studio, we're going to step back for just a second. You've got your two, you got two, your, two boys here with Charles and Brooks are sitting here. They're being quiet. In case anybody hears anything, they're just having a good time, but they're, the they're, they're doing awesome. And you treated them, just for the record to the audience, Case treated his boys to Chick-fil-A, which, I, by the way, if anybody out there can help me get them as a national sponsor, I'd really like Chick-fil-A as a national sponsor. Um, but he treated them to Chick-fil-A, but it didn't bring me, he doesn't listen to my show very often, didn't know that the cookies and cream shake, which is the absolute best cookies you, and cream shake but, in the world. But true, Kathy is one of the best examples. 
of I someone understand. who builds the kingdom. I understand through his work. Well, and and Dan Cathy, as he took the reins from his dad when his, when Truett died, is it, it's amazing what that organization really Chick Fil A and Hobby Lobby really set the standards for. Mm. They understand how to integrate their faith and everything they do with excellence on a day to day basis, and they do it without offending those who may not have right. yet to confess faith in Christ, and so it works. Well, it, and absolutely, well, even if you offend people, you still do it effectively because people are easily offended in today's Good world. Good point. But it's but the key is that their faith is out there, and, and you know, you take the Chick Fil A example. You know, they're open six days a week, yet they produce numbers that equal all of their competitors mm. at seven days a week. Sure, and their profitability numbers are, are fantastic. Hobby Lobby, the same kind of thing. I mean, it's just. And it can be done, and there's lots of examples here locally. Four Rivers is one of those. You, you, oh. You've eaten Four Rivers. Oh, John Rivers is a homeboy. John Rivers is great. I know he's a great. Yeah. And not to mention Four Rivers is a fantastic restaurant. Just in case, John Rivers make another great you know sponsor for the show, but he doesn't need to advertise. No. <laughs> because no. It, you, the, you line up to eat his yep. food. I cater church events with Four Rivers because people come. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, their brisket is out of this world. All right, listen, just stepping back. I love seeing how the Lord gets involved in the intimate details of my life. Mm. What have you seen recently where the Lord has gotten involved in the intimate details of mm. your life? Mm. Well, uh, Jim, I'm on sabbatical, as you mentioned. And so on the one hand, it's uh, been maddening because I'm bored to tears. <laughs> I love ministry and I want to be back in the saddle. And so yet, why'd you take the sabbatical? Well, I mean, it was a gift after 10 years of service, for which I am very grateful and thankful. Uh, but I'll say... <laughs> and your wife's counting down the days till you go back. <laughs> the, the other half of this, though, has been this space and this time to look within, uh, to notice the ugly stuff, as well as to hear the Lord speak. And it's, it's, it's been a rich time, even though it's been sometimes hard. It's hard to sit still. It is. And rarely do we get a chance to get that prayer time and journaling time to the depth that you need to get it to. But as a pastor, it's your number one most important thing you can do, especially because your right. your your pastorship is your number three priority. You got your you got your walk with the Lord and mm. you got your ministry to your wife. You got your mission field to your children. Actually, it's your number four priority. So, mm. so that quiet time is your most important thing you do. Yet a lot of pastors struggle with that because they think of, that's well, right. I'm doing my study time. So that's really my quiet time. Yeah. But that's and not. there's so many demands. And if you don't own your schedule, it owns you. And so um, this has been a rich sabbatical, and um, I'm eager to get back, but I'm going to go back with some healthier and better practices. Well, and what? so you're still the missions pastor, so you're yes. going back as missions pastor, yet you're involved in the Made to Flourish network. Yeah. What does your involvement look like? Well, uh, most of the uh, Made to Flourish chapters are city-based. Ours is unique in that it's statewide at the moment. Don't know if we'll keep it that way long term as we grow, but uh, I reach out to the number of pastors in my charge that are in my network, and uh, I'm in touch with them, uh, feeding them resources, uh, sharing books like you've got here, the Tim Keller Every Good Endeavor book, um, bringing them together once or twice a year for our own smaller conferences. We had Catherine Larry Alsdorf down with us twice. We're going to have Andy Crouch of Christianity Today, an author, here with us in February, and just to keep the conversation going, to keep feeding them with the latest ideas, curriculum, so that then they take it and spread it in their congregations. Hmm. That's fun. So how many pastors do you have involved in that? We're about the 50 mark here in Florida, nationwide. Uh, last I checked, we were over the 800 mark, and the network has only been official for about 18 months. So the growth has been rapid, and it's been so much fun, though, to hear the pastors rejoice and say... I I've, I've been looking for this, and I need this. So the overall thing that the pastors are getting out of this then is what? 
resources okay, so that they can then be better equipped in their theology that carries into their biblical study that shows up in a sermon that shows up in their pastoral care so they can recognize some of the language that only promotes this divide between Monday and Sunday, between the sacred and the secular. If they can think through these things and push through them, then the businessman and woman sitting in the pew will hear the gospel more clearly and hear it apply to their lives even more effectively. So the theology work project that Catherine was involved in. Yes. That, you know, where they did a, a commentary on the entire Bible. Amazing. On, on, on really a commentary on, on this is how it applies to the faith and work yeah. connection. Yep. That's an unbelievable resource. All online. Plus yep. there's a five volume set. I and gave free. it away a couple of weeks ago. And free. Yeah, all free. Mm-hmm. Which well, There's a lot of amazing resources out there on the sure. internet. I mean, well, as, a, as a pastor preparing for a sermon today versus... 30 years ago. Yeah. It's a whole lot easier today. Well, David Kim, who is Catherine's successor at the Center for Faith and Work right. at Redeemer Presbyterian Church, he is soon to, as an editor, release a study Bible, a faith and work study Bible. So the the faith and work movement is just beginning. And I would say within the next 24 months, it will uh, fill the airwaves with d- double the resources we have now. Stepping back to fatherhood. Okay, you got three kids. Mm. Your oldest is how old? Uh, Alexandra is 11, going on 18. (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea. Uh, That's right. That's right. 11, uh, going on 15 or 16 mm, for sure. mm. And just remember, in five years, she'll be driving. Mm. So how are you teaching your kids already at their young age? Mm. You got got Charles and Brooks in the studio, Mm -hmm. and you dropped off your daughter on on your way here, right? To uh, to church camp. Uh To church camp. All right. How are you teaching them to integrate their faith in their work already? Well, uh, I have to brag on Charles, my namesake. Uh, He recently started an eBay business of his own uh, uh, energy. And he said, Dad, I'm an entrepreneur, and I've got to figure this out. So after brainstorming, we've realized, no, we we can't sell stuff on Sunday morning at the church. (laughs) Some people might have a problem with that. Uh, But I realized, you know, an eBay business is a great way to keep him at home, keep me right there alongside him working through this. And so uh, he bought some office supplies at a local office supply dealer and brought them home and has tried to remarket them. Uh, We've not had the best success because we're learning uh, price point. We're learning uh, marketing. We're learning demand in the market. And it's pretty tough to compete with some of the big suppliers out there. But we've had the best time talking through this and and letting this exercise unfold. So, But how are you tying in the faith and all of that? Well, uh, he's uh, very conscious of um, being a good steward. And I use words like stewardship and uh, prudence. You know, that's a word we don't use a lot today. Uh, have you ever heard of John Calvin's Golden Booklet? No, I don't. It's think a I little have. book. It's not long. It was one of his best works. And I love it. We actually read it in the Gotham Fellowship because he uses words like prudence and uh, concepts of delayed gratification and stewardship. And when I read it, it's refreshing because those aren't concepts or words that are in much use today. And I think they need to be. So Charles and I, uh, I use those words with him and, and we talk through that. You have a couple of graduates of the Gotham. Well, you have, we've got one graduate of the Gotham Fellowship Program coming on after the next break, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So are the, the fellows program that you have going on in Orlando, are you calling it the Gotham Fellowship too as well? Or, but that's what Redeemer Presbyterian calls it up there in New it, York City, right? It is. Uh, there's a licensing fee. They are very generous. We can call it something different if we'd like. Other parts of the country use other names. Okay. All right. So what is the purpose of the Gotham Fellowship Program? It is to help uh, an individual connect Sunday to Monday and to recognize how what they do is 
intimately tied into God's uh, creative redemption and what he's doing through not our personal salvation, but of the whole world. And so anybody can get involved. Is this all online or do they have to go to Orlando to take the classes? Well, uh, it is taught locally. It is not an online experience. Okay. And that's intentional. Uh, there's an application process. We read uh, 100 to 200 pages a week, two hours of class every Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. And um, But the reason why we have to be together is, Jim, 51% of the Gotham Fellowship is spiritual formation. Okay. 49% of the spiritual books. formation. That's another ideas. spiritual. That's four syllables formation. That's, that's three. So that's seven syllables together. Again, okay. you're, you're trying, it's really discipleship is what you're saying. Well, those spiritual practices that help you tune into the Holy Spirit. Okay. So we spend an incredible amount of time in prayer, a lot of time working through some different exercises. So by the time you graduate as a fellow, you have a tool belt with six or seven real uh, practices that you can do at your desk at work that you can do when you step off the line in an assembly plan to help you deal with the stresses and the pressures to tap right back into God and to hear him talk to you. That's cool. So what you're saying is we got to get one in Tampa Bay then. Hey, I'd love to help make it happen. We need to have that happen because Tampa Bay is another one of those places where there are a tremendous amount of marketplace ministries Mm -hmm. discipling people, but people want more. And that's a more that you're talking about. And I tell folks, it it is not a uh, easy... This isn't for the faith of heart. No, no. It is a intense experience, but but the amount of work you put in, you definitely get it out. So two hours a week for Mm -hmm. nine months. Nine and a half months. Two hours in class. Right, two hours in class, plus a couple hundred pages of reading. And the spiritual formation that you're doing on your own. Wow, I love that. All right, listen, we got to take a break. We're talking today with Case Thorpe. He's the Florida Regional Coordinator for the Made to Flourish Network. Find out more about this online at madetoflourish.org. Pretty soon you'll be salivating and going, I need to move to Orlando so I can get involved in this. (laughs) Gotham Fellowship. No, we're going to bring it to Tampa Bay and maybe then get it spread around the country. All right, we've got Ross Johnston on the air. Ross, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. All right. So did I have it correct? You're the senior director at Sea Acquire Consulting? Uh, that's correct, yes. I'd always love to give a free plug to your business, make sure people know how to get a hold of you. And it's Johnston. Just so everybody listening out there, I know that when I'm on the air, people might think Johnson. Nope, that's Minnesota. He's Johnston, which could also be a Minnesota name, but it just got to put the T in there. Don't you know. There are 15 pages of Johnsons in Minnesota. All right, so Ross, how did you hear about the Gotham Fellowship Program in Orlando? Well, first off, I was a huge Tim Keller fan, and again, back to Every Good in Denver, really kind of opened up my eyes. I I also lived in New York City for a number of years in investment banking as a junior investment banker, so I knew of Redeemer and Keller's work there, but being in Orlando, when Case asked me to go up to New York City and meet with Keller's team about launching a program in Orlando, I I really just jumped at the chance. It was was a great combination of work and faith that, that I was interested in. How did it impact your life? I mean, it's this kind of thing that there's no way you can go through something like this and have it not change who you are from your very very core of your being. Well, it really does, but you have to look at the curriculum. I mean, Jim, if you really if you really get into this program, it is the way Keller so thoughtfully put together the curriculum. I mean, from Plato and Machiavelli to Bonhoeffer and N.T. Wright and up to the numerous uh, things we go through with Tim Keller. I mean, the readings are deep and they're meaningful and they're honest. I mean, to the point where they're riveting, you want to get up and read. It's not an obligation or a task, but I mean, it really allowed me to kind of go back and actually understand the origins of my faith. I mean, we go back that far. 
and then in a way I hadn't experienced before. And then really what this is, is it allowed me to bring, it gave me the tools to bring my faith into the work environment. And I think, as, as Keller said, it's not just grabbing the Bible and throwing it down on your desk at work. It was, it was more how, in a 360-degree approach to working with your faith at work with believers and non-believers and how do you interact, and it gave me the tools to go into the office so I didn't really have that dualism concept where I was one person on Sunday in church and then another as a business leader throughout the week. Talk to me about the variety of people in the class as you took it, because I know that as Case and I have been talking, this is a class that anybody can go through that really wants to learn how to integrate their faith and their work. What was the variety of people? Were they all business owners or were there people from all levels of management? There were all levels of management. Uh, We had several uh, pastors in the group. We had some stay-at-home moms at the group who had worked in the past. We had uh, different faiths in the group, which brought together... You know, you mean different, de- bond. different denominations or different de- de- different denominations? Okay, all right. Different denominations within Christianity. Sorry, let me clarify that. Oh. Um, yeah, and and it really kind of gave you different perspectives on the same issue. You weren't listening to the same, you know, the same ideas. People brought different ideas, and 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 we had um, different races in the group, and 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 good and good gender mix. And so I think the way that they structured the group really led to, you really wanted to be there Wednesday morning for two hours, and, and I think when it was finally over, after nine months, we were all kind of left with a loss on, on Wednesdays and getting together on the weekends and getting together and things like that. We really missed the cohort. So it really became a small group for you. I mean, it really became a body of, a part of the body of Christ for you. I mean, it was, it was an amazing spiritual experience for you. It was a transformation for me, quite honestly, going back and, and you know, I'd been a Christian since birth, but I hadn't really backfilled in with the reading and the depth. And then going forward, I really didn't know how to apply it in the work environment. And and these nine months and the teaching and with Keller and, and Case's excellent guidance, you know, I was able to come out the other end, I think, a much better business leader. What was the most significant thing you learned going through the Gotham Fellowship Program over there at First Presbyterian in Orlando? Well, uh, first and foremost, it allowed me for the first time to, to formally define my Christian worldview. I don't think I even knew what it was, and, and I wasn't able till through month three or four or five to, to define that. And then really it was the concept of dualism that I mentioned, which was I, you know, I, I, I believed I was a strong Christian on Sunday when I was in church. I'd go back to work on Monday through Friday, and I don't know if I was, I was living all, all, all of the, all those aspects of, of, really defining the job and, and being a leader and being a business owner in the way that uh, the Bible uh, leads us to believe. And, and, and the class actually gives you those tools to step from Sunday to Monday and be the same person. So how have you been able to apply this practically to your job? Well, actually, I've taken quite a bit. I've had the chance to... Um, integrate this with the way we do hiring, uh, the way we do um, performance reviews, um, the way we've made on compensation decisions, uh, the way we do future growth of the company. We've really taken kind of a more human-centered approach to managing the company uh, since, you know, since we've been in the class and, and, and uh, been able to see kind of God's vision for the workplace that, that, that really just, uh, you would take nuggets out of it as you would go through the Bible and reading things like that. But when someone took the time to define a center for faith and work and, and, and how to approach work, it really, again, gives you a tool chest to go out and kind of apply it. 
So talk to me about, just give a recommendation out there on why people listening today to iWorkRam, and they're listening all across the country. Some of them are listening on iHeartRadio. Some of them are listening to the podcast on iTunes, why they should get involved in the Gotham Fellowship Program put on by First Presbyterian in Orlando. Well, it's, it's really the structure and the curriculum, again, that Keller has put together and that, that Case and the group in Orlando have put together, which is, is unique. It's the cohort. It's the deep dive. It's it's what it's it's really the depth of knowledge you're going to come out of this. It's unique to this program. Um, I just you know, the head pastor of First Presbyterian, David Swanson, said to me something the other day. He said a lot of a lot of Sunday school and and, and the groups are 101. This this is 401. Um, this is this is a deep dive into this, and it, and it really arms you for today's world and the challenges we have. Because it gives you that intellectual backup to back up what your you know your faith is. It's fantastic, Ross Johnson. Thanks so much for coming on iWorkRam today. Thanks so much for sharing what the Lord is doing in your life. I really appreciate. It. I know Case appreciates. Case, you can go ahead and say th- say I don't know. You're the man. <laughs> hey guys, Th- thanks so enjoy much. This, enjoy this. Enjoy the sabbatical. Thanks guys. All right, take it easy, Ross. How right, we got Case Thorpe in studio today with his boys Charles and Brooks, and those guys have been fantastic. They have only thrown things at me a couple of times, but most of the time they're pretty good. They're climbing the walls, but other than that, they're good. They got Velcro shoes on. But we're going to bring on Case. You just recently hired Crossland Stewart, mm-hmm. and and. She is going to be working with you in mm-hmm. at First Presbyterian, but she's also already gone through the Gotham Fellowship Program. Yes. So do you want to introduce her? Uh, the amazing Crossland Stewart. Crossland is a woman with a, a very strong career uh, in book editing and a, as a book agent, done, dabbled in a variety of other things, and I am just thrilled that we can just get a portion of her time. She's going to help us with recruitment and getting the word out about faith and work. Crossland, I really want you to work on how do we expand this program to Tampa Bay? Because we need to get, you know, we just need, it's just I-4, it's just right down another 90 miles. We're right here. We're right here. Crossland, welcome to I Work For Him. Jim, thanks so much. I'm glad to be on your show. Well, talk to me about how, did, why, what made you decide to go through the Gotham's Fellowship Program? Really, the issues of faith and work, of cultural and economic renewal, have always been really important to me. It's that you know, that desire to try to get my hands around the answer to the question of how do we faithfully live full and thriving lives in the midst of brokenness? And then, you know, coupled with that is, does my work matter? Can I actually contribute to the restoration of that which is in disrepair? And I'm somebody who I believe the scriptures are true and that they're relevant for today, And so in spite of the messiness or chaos of life and my own shortcomings, I do long to better connect the dots of Christ to every aspect of my life, not for just evangelism's sake, but for the sake of living, living for Christ and His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And so when I heard about this program, it seemed that this would be something that would could really move me forward on this journey. Well, talk to me about how, how did you hear about the program? It's, it's not something I had heard of before in Orlando, and I just live 100 miles away. So how did you hear about the Gotham Fellowship Program at First Presbyterian in Orlando? Well, I had just recently joined First Pres okay. and heard them talking about uh, the Center for Faith and Work, and this was going to be a piece uh, one of the programs underneath that broader umbrella. And so um, I was 
interested from the get-go, quite honestly. So talk to me about the impact on your life. Ross Johnston was just on the show before you. I think you called in, so you got to hear the end of his interview. He, he you know, he described the intensity of it. A couple hours a week in class, and then I'm sure a few hours reading, but he talked about the intensity of it, really enjoyed it, and how it impacted his life. How did it impact your life personally? Well, I think the most significant impact it had on me was that it really challenged me to consider the bigness of our God. And so in this context, what that means is really shifting my traditional understanding of work as primarily economic, meaning making a living wage, to recognizing that the nature of work is predominantly redemptive. And this adds a Wait, whole but, uh, new... Stop that. That's big words. Yeah. Let's explain that. The nature of work is primarily redemptive. Those are big words. You guys love the, love the big words. Just explain what that really means to you. Sure. I, I think what this means is it means that my skills and my gifts in my given field matter, and that my life and my work in particular is part of a bigger picture, and that I'm a participant in the grand plan that is God's. And so I find that exhilarating, and I find that inspiring to live differently. Now that was good. Preach it, sister. Now when I ask those questions, and it's just, it's not that I don't understand what you're saying, but there's a lot of people out there go, what does that mean that my work is primarily redemptive? People need to hear that. But part of the grand plan of God, that's just, it's cool to see that God really cares about those intimate details of our lives and really wants to get involved. Now you've got a new boss. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Case, what kind of what what are the, what's the question you want to ask? You know, uh, Crossland. Now that you want the whole world to hear. Well, I know how. Uh, see, this is what we do at the church. Like we suck people in, and so people might think Crossland's work is kind of like ministerial work. The church, oh, of course, they're building the kingdom of God. But Crossland, I'd love to hear you say. Uh, you know, when you were doing your, and you're still doing your work as a book agent, uh, sh- give an example of how those skills and that work led into the bigger picture. Well, and let's, let's clarify, a book agent, not a bookie agent, right? You're not, yes, you're, thank you're, you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're not involved in gambling. You're, what kind of Don't books are you an numbers. agent for? What kind of an agent are you? Well, well, let me just back up and say, my company, Crosland and Company, is really all about coming alongside individuals, companies, and nonprofits to help them realize their aspirations. And so in one of those areas is literary representation. And in another one of those areas, I'm going to be helping First Press. But um, as an entrepreneur, and I probably think most people have this experience in their jobs, there are times when you wonder, what in the world is God doing in my professional life? And so the curriculum we studied this past year really caused me to um, rest more faithfully in how God has ordered my life, while at the same time really prodding me to examine the way in which I do my work. And so when you begin to view your work, when I begin to view my work as redemptive, there's that big word again, but thinking about what are things I can redeem Specifically, as it relates to me, it really freed me up to change my attitude about certain challenges I was having. Again, because of the bigness of God. Because so, of what were those specific challenges that this helped you work through? Let's be real transparent, because people are really people that are listening today are like, Jim, just tell me how this applies. Tell me, make it work, make it connect. 
Well, I think for me, I had recently lost a big client, and um, and I was looking to fill that time slot, if you will, in my day and in my week. And that that space had been open for a long time, and I was really struggling to see, okay, Lord, you know, do you really want me to keep this company going, or should I shift and pivot and think about doing something else? And um, this course, just throughout the course, there were any number of places where I was reminded to stay the course, you know, um, God has a plan for you. My life matters. My life has significance, even if some title isn't neatly put on a business card. Um, and so, I, I mean, I know those are still broad brushstrokes, but those were really important things to me at the time, you know, as I was going through this. You know, it also, you know, encouraged me to be more thoughtful about how I served my clients and ask the question, am I serving them well? You know, when you're, when you're an entrepreneur and you have your own company, there are a lot of things you have to put in place to help you remain objective, to help you do well even when you're having a bad day and you don't feel like it. So for me to go at, back and ask myself, am I serving my clients well? Have I touched base with them lately? Have I connected with them? Am I communicating properly with them? Even though, you know, professionally, I've crossed the T's and dotted the I's, aren't there more things I could do? Well, and um, those are such powerful questions to ask yourself. And a lot of times we don't ever take the quiet time to, to, to really ask ourselves questions because we're so busy working. We're so busy right. doing stuff. We don't, yeah. we don't take the time to actually, you know, ask the Lord questions. And Jim, it may sound like Business 101, but yet if all truth is God's truth, working through those basic questions of, am I loving my client? Because if you love your client, your client wants to feel that love and, and, the, and business flourishes. And when business flourishes, people flourish, communities flourish. It's powerful. Crossland, just talk about why you recommend that people get involved in the Gotham Fellowship Program at First Presbyterian in Orlando. That's the easiest question you could ask me, <laughs> because it enriches your life. It deepens your understanding of the purposefulness of our lives. I think there are so many of us that are trapped in what feel like ho-hum job situations. And what happens is that robs us of our joy every single day. And this curriculum and this way of thinking, again, redemptive work, what can be redeemed through my work, turns all of that upside down by giving work meaning for the here and now, but also for the sake of eternity. Crossland Stewart, thank you so much for coming on I Work For Him, for sharing that testimony. Really appreciate it. I hope someday I get to meet you. I know I will. I know I'll get to meet you here in the next few months. I know that for sure. Thanks again for calling in. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, Jim and Case. Y'all have a great day. Okay, so let's jump, unless you have anything else we want to finish up on the Gotham Fellowship, let's jump to the Made to Flourish Network. Yes. Because there are pastors listening, but there are also Thousands of people who go to church listening yeah. that have pastors. Yes. And so they're going to be your connection to them, to those pastors that are over their churches to get them involved in Made to Flourish right. Network. If you are in the workplace and you have sat there during a sermon and thought to yourself, they don't get it. <laughs> that example just fell flat. There, that, that sermon or that exegesis, looking, looking at that scripture just doesn't work. 
tell your pastor. Give them this website, made to flourish org and they will be encouraged. It, we are not a network that pulls on people. We're not looking for pastors to do more of our work. We want, as an organization, to get pastors the resources, the books, the retreats, the to- conferences, the times together, the lunches together, so that the conversation can get moving, the education can happen, the theology can get there, and it, it leaks out in a pastor's life. And what's fantastic is when pastors start to understand this and you see their eyes open, they're like, wow, why didn't they teach me this in seminary? Yeah. And the cool part is there are now seminaries across the country that are popping up that are starting to teach this. I know oh, Bethel right. Seminary in St. Paul's got a program yes. about it. They're, they're actually combining MBA with an MDiv. That's right. Uh, Fuller Seminary. I also had somebody on from Fuller Seminary. What seminary did you go to Fuller? Well, for my doctorate. For your doctorate. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the doctors. Yeah, I'm never... <laughs> Lord, not that I don't, I'm not willing to get a doctorate, but I'd rather just stay on the radio. I'm not going to tell the Lord no, but when I left and got my four-year degree, I walked out and go, I don't ever want to go back. All right, we're talking today with Case Thorpe. We're talking to him about two different things. The Gotham Fellowship Program, which is for anybody who really wants to learn how to connect their faith and their work and really be discipled. In this whole way, you can get involved right at First Presbyterian in Orlando. And we're trying to convince Case Thorpe, who runs that program, as well as he's also the Florida Regional Coordinator for the Made to Flourish Network, to get that stuff all moved over here down I-4 corridor, past Disney, and right to the where the rest <laughs> of us lives here in Tampa Bay. But also for you listening from around the country, there are 12 other Gotham Fellowship programs around the country, you said, Case. Mm, yes. Okay, so people can find out more about that how. Uh, checking out the Center for Faith and Work website okay. through Redeemer Press in New York. Okay. All right. So let's go to the Made to Flourish Network. This is for pastors, pastors. And it's a resource for pastors from anywhere in the country. That's right. It's an encouragement place to help them understand that connection between faith and work outside of the job being pastor. Yeah. So for the, everybody else that has jobs other than being pastor, talk to me about how the, it doesn't cost them anything to join. It's free. It's an encouragement piece. It is. And we are there to be wind in the sails of pastors. As I said a moment ago, it's not to ask pastors to do this work or to build out a chapter. A lot of ministries are structured that way. But uh, the organization is set up to uh, target pastors because uh, those in this network know that if you change a pastor and and you deepen his theology, he changes a community through the preaching of that word. And that community changes their greater town and city. Well, so, and just the impact of, I mean, there are people all over our country who are just looking for purpose in something. Yes. And if they understand, wow, there's actually a meaning behind right. my work, right. that well, that becomes staggeringly important. Well, just the July uh, episode of The Atlantic Magazine had this big article on seven ways to find meaningful work. And I mean, even our secular culture is asking this because as Capitalism gets fiercer and jobs are more scarce. Uh, and as people chasing a dollar is gets... Capitalism getting fiercer or socialism get more fiercer? I don't know. I don't, there's the clash. Well, but... all about capitalism as the way to lift people out of poverty and as a way for a community to flourish. But if it's not paired with virtue... If it's not paired with love and Christian values, which our founding fathers understood that they absolutely. said this, this will constitutional republic will be a disaster That's if right. not based on morals. And if, the, if if you have one without the other, well, then you get what we have today. What we have today, and so <laughs> that's why the church's job is so enormous. We've got to make sure that our people in the marketplace are well discipled. So how how do our listeners, people listening right now, how do they engage their pastors to get them interested to go check out MadeToFlourish.org? Well, Tom Nelson's book Work Matters would be a great way. 
So um, you can order that on Amazon, or even as you say here, the you've got the Tim Keller book, Every Good Endeavor. These are great introductory texts that help people to get their minds around why it matters and how to do it. You can go to the madetoflourish.org website, lots of resources there, different podcasts, uh, articles, things that can help someone get into this. And every resource a pastor needs in order to really understand this is on the theologyofwork.org website, which that is too. an entire Bible commentary on the theology of work. Yeah. It's, it's from every ver- every chapter and verse. Well, I want to invite every pastor who joins in Florida, come and join me in February. We're going to have Andy Crouch, executive editor of Christianity Today, author of a number of books about cultural renewal. And we'll just have some intimate time And that's going to be over in Orlando. In Orlando. But what about doing a meeting here in Tampa Bay? Well, yeah, I'll be glad to come down and we'll do a lunch this fall and um, get the pastors that are interested in this together and let's talk. I got some pastors that are really interested in cross-cultural destruction in yeah. within the church. Let's, let's let's break down the cultural barriers and start have unity within the culture. Well, and all, all the racial division in our country right now, it's faith and work that's gotten us in Orlando, black and white and Hispanic together because it's the same issues. It is fantastic. Case Thorpe, regional coordinator for the Made to Flourish Network. Thank you so much for being on I Work For Thank Him Thank you, today. Jim. I appreciate it. All right, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him radio program, I know it's been fast moving. I know if you just tuned in recently, you're going to need to, I invite you to go out and listen to the archive. Go out to iWorkForHim.com. Click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. Join the I Work For Him Nation. Then click on the Listen tab. And then you can actually listen to today's show. It's been a lot of information, but I want to encourage you. Our work, it matters. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.